Hey guys, you're listening to the Marriage and Ministry Podcast, the podcast where we equip marriages and those in ministry together. Welcome to Season 2, Episode 1. Wow, it's crazy. Can't believe, did I say that intro right? I think so. It sounded right to me. Okay, well, we're, we're, we're still new <laughs> at this whole thing. <laughs> wasn't sure if that was the tagline, but yeah. well, I wasn't reading from a script, so... Well, that's good. You shouldn't be. This should be, like, organic. Does that sound like me? Do I sound organic? <laughs> <laughs> you know me. I'm scripted. All natural. Everything is scripted, <laughs> even our vacations. Down, that is true. Down to the day. There's, that is true. I even write in on our vacation. Free Fun. time. Fun day. <laughs> Fun, unscripted day. Yes, but it has been a while since we've done this. Yeah, I so know. So I think we can have a little bit of grace. Yes. But this is exciting. Yeah, it is. We, we're supposed to do this over the summer and have this incredible lineup of a seasoned content yeah. over the summer. And we did not have the opportunity yeah. because of that darn COVID. Yeah. So kind of, well, why don't we catch everybody up? So we basically uh, contracted coronavirus. That sounds so like formal Again, official. We contracted. It's in my script. So... <laughs> We got COVID. Yes, we did. We got sick with a flu. <laughs> no, we don't want to make light of it. I know that a lot of people have uh, really, you know, um, suffered and it's been a, a tough year for a lot of people. Some mm-hmm. people's loved ones have died from it. Mm-hmm. So we're not trying to make light of it, but uh, we, we ended up getting sick in June, which yeah, was Yeah, I wasn't not making fun. light of us getting it. I was making light of you saying we contracted yes, COVID. Yes, I know. I followed you. <laughs> so they're just saying we got it. We got it. <laughs> but not fun. No, um, not at all. That was a... Uh, uh, very, it was more stressful than it was physically taxing. Yes. Yeah. I was actually more troubled by the amount of anxiety I had associated to the actual virus than, um, suffering with the virus physically. Yeah. Yeah. It was, um, really just a, a horrible, really like four, four ish months. Yeah. For me, not, not too good. Mm-mm. Not well, too good. That would put us at right now. Yeah. So, well. how are you doing? <laughs> maybe we should do this episode on... Okay, maybe it felt like longer than it actually was. But, yeah, no, so we got the virus. But how much um, have we learned about mental health and yeah. self-care? We used to kind of bristle at that, like, oh, self-care, that's so stupid. And anxiety, just trust the Lord. But I think we've really learned a lot. I've personally been able to, like, walk with you through some dark hours. And mm-hmm. I think... I don't know. I feel like we've grown a lot and have, maybe that's going to be an episode, uh, not this season, but next season or, you know, soon. Yeah. I think, you know, just an awareness when you go through something and you experience something, you have, you have a newfound awareness for it. So I don't think that we, um, you know, shrugged those matters off in the past. Um, but I just think when you go through something, um, they just, right. There's a, a different light that's shed on them. So what I can't believe is how many people actually struggle with anxiety um, or depression or post-traumatic stress syndrome. I mean, just from me going through a little bit of each one of those the last couple of months, um, just in talking with people, the whole like, oh, you too, (laughs) you know, that, oh, you too conversation has happened um, a ton. Yeah. And so it's even just opened my eyes like, wow, so many people were suffering around me and I had no idea. Yeah. You know, a lot of people are silent about that kind of stuff because there's a vulnerability that comes with that. Sure. Like, oh, if I share that with someone, they're going to think differently of me. They're going to look at me different. 
um, they're not going to receive me or they're that's, not going to understand. That's hard enough to be vulnerable as a Christian, but as a pastor or pastor's wife, mm-hmm. it's almost like you, you don't go there. You can't, you can't let your guard down and show your, show your vulnerabilities because then, you know, God forbid you have weakness. Well, you know, now we've got, now we've got issues and, oh, I didn't know you struggled with that. I thought you were a man or a woman of faith. Mm-hmm. So it's incredibly awkward for us. And we talked about that at last season in our five, you know, the five biggest challenges. One of those is friendships. It's hard to mm-hmm. let your guard down in friendships, but you're right. I mean, sharing that it's, is It's hard. really a multifaceted position, honestly, because, you know, I have been vulnerable and that has come back to bite me. So you want to, you do want to be guarded. You do want to kind of lift your arm up. To you a know, certain extent, you have you to be, yeah. You can't do that. But then there are certain things that are just not wise to be vulnerable about, right? So um, if I'm having kind of an issue or I need to vent or something, you know, we always say vent up, right? Not yeah. just to anybody because there is a level of just a lack of understanding that they'll yeah. have with that. Yeah. Um, yeah, we should have always, someone we have friends with that we're talking stuff through. Yeah, yeah. getting counsel and wisdom from, for sure. Yeah. But, um I've always tried to live my life as an open book because I kind of already, we're in a fishbowl yeah. as it is. Um, and if I... Oh, I thought it was a shark tank. So it's a fishbowl. <laughs> That's much better. Or a glass house. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> shark tank. Yeah. I could, yeah. Let's go with fishbowl. It's dangerous. Either way. <laughs> it's, well, it's whatever. transparent and dangerous. Yeah. Um, the older I'm getting, the easier it is um, because that fear of man is kind of being dropped a little bit. Um, but that's, that's a whole other conversation, but I tried in my life when I go through things, um, to, to be an open book so mm-hmm. that the Lord can use me in someone's life to encourage, or maybe in a conversation, I'll be encouraged if I'm vulnerable and I'm sharing what I'm going through. Yeah. Um, and I'm one of those types of people anyway, that I wear kind of everything on my sleeve. So if I'm bothered, you're probably going to see it, you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, so it is, it is a tricky place to be. Well, yeah, John Piper says, um, I think he even wrote a book, Don't Waste Your Cancer. Don't Waste Your Suffering, suffering, Don't Waste Your Cancer. Like, so the premise is if you're going through a tough time, don't waste that by just letting it, you know, just getting, getting through it. Right. Make sure that is used like second Corinthians one, the comfort we've received from God, we are able to comfort others with. So the fact that you've gone through anxiety and I wonder if our listeners, uh, if you are going through, uh, or have gone through like Mm -hmm. crippling anxiety, stress, um, just place a place of fear, um, Mm -hmm. and, you know, PTSD and and all those things. Um, you know, the, we want to be able to minister to you and you're not alone. That's something that we do experience in ministry. And I think we've been in ministry for over 20 years and this is something that we haven't necessarily struggled with, but it's come to light now that this, you know, with this crazy year and all the things that have happened, not only around the world, but specifically to our family and to you in general or specifically, you know, that have mm-hmm. caused us or you to have anxiety. Yeah, I've had a huge dose of life um, yeah. <laughs> kind of all at one time, you yeah. know. Um, but God is still good. He is sovereign. He is in control. Um, and I've really just had to learn to embrace, you know, the two words of rest and trust, yeah. you know, more than I ever have before. So. so, hey, our listeners, send bagels. We'll give you an address. <laughs> Send donuts or bagels. We'll give you the address later. Um, coffee. <laughs> yeah, coffee. There you go. So we've gotten through the year. Um, yeah. 
But that kind of delayed our um, our schedule, mm-hmm. our perfect scripted year. <laughs> went to um, you know went to I the trash. I think everybody's perfectly scripted schedule has been thrown off. Yeah. I mean, it's twenty twenty. Yeah, you know, for sure. So we essentially just kind of uh, have gotten through. Uh, some of these trials, and uh, we did not want to have the year close out without doing our second season. And this season's a a little bit different. This season is going to be very unique Mm -hmm. from what we did last season. Um, So this season, we're going to be talking about the different aspects of and different roles in ministry. So what we're going to do is the first half of the season, we're going to talk about what it means to be in ministry, qualified, called, content, and then what does a transition look like? So Maybe taking over a church or um, how do you lay down a ministry and retire? Um, We're going to talk about transitions in ministry. Um, And then uh, for our fifth episode and tenth episode, like always, every fifth episode we do a QA. and a So we'll be taking your questions and answering them in those two episodes. But then the second half of the season, we're going to talk about the different roles that uh, pastors have. So we're going to talk about the church planter, the senior pastor, the youth pastor, and the associate pastor. So mm-hmm. excited to kind of dive into yeah, it's gonna be really cool. these different roles and different aspects. Um, but for today, yeah. we're going to talk about qualifications for pastors. Mm. So you mean you're exciting. just not qualified? You don't just wake up on a Wednesday morning and go, yeah, I'm qualified. Well, you'd be surprised. <laughs> so actually, a lot of people think that because you have a hunger and a desire that that's enough to be a pastor. That's mm-hmm. enough to be in ministry. Why do you not agree with that? Well, I mean, I'm just assuming you don't agree with that. I don't agree with that, no. I think we have to look at the biblical qualifications um, for a position like that and definitely um, ask yourself the question, am I called um, or is this just something that I want to do? Is this my idea? Is this my desire? Yeah. Um, but is this something that the Lord is doing? Is is He calling you to this? And then are you are you biblically qualified? Not just are you qualified in um, who you you think you are as a person, um, you know your skills. I guess we could say yes. But are you qualified biblically? So we'll talk about calling in our second episode of the season. Uh, but for this first episode, we want to talk about biblical qualifications. Mm-hmm. So there's two. Um, there's there's a few passages in the New Testament. First uh, Peter chapter five talks about the shepherd or the elder, and those you know he, those humble attributes that an elder is supposed to have. Um, but really, we want to focus on two in our uh, episode today, and that is Titus chapter one and First Timothy chapter three. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to read Titus chapter one, and then we'll just kind of talk through it. Um, Paul is writing uh, to obviously Titus, and he says in verse five. Of chapter one, this is why I left you in Crete, so that you might put what remained into order and appoint elders in every town as I directed you. So, the idea that seems to kind of bubble up to the surface is that there, in in any local church, there should be a body of elders. Mm -hmm. There should be a group of men uh, who have been appointed by someone else, so they don't just kind of make themselves an elder. There's someone else that has laid hands on them and appointed them. And and we don't want to overthink this whole like ordination process. I think we've made it, that a little too too um, formal and organized. I think the Bible says appoint elders. It doesn't say get an ordination. So don't overthink ordination, but appointing. So he says, and then he goes into description, describing them. He says um, in verse six, if anyone is above reproach, so that's the first mark, above reproach or blameless, not mm-hmm. sinless, but blameless, 
And then he says, the husband of one wife, his children are believers and not open to the charge of debauchery or insubordination. For an overseer as God's steward must be above reproach. He must not be arrogant, quick-tempered, or a drunkard, or violent, or greedy for gain, but hospitable, a lover of good, self-controlled, upright, holy, and disciplined. He must hold firm to the trustworthy word as taught so that he may be able to give instruction and sound doctrine and also to rebuke those who contradict it. So what what jumps out at you just reading through um, that quick <clears throat> run through of Titus chapter one? What what like jumps out at you? Well, I love verse nine where it says he must hold firm to the trustworthy word is taught so that he may be able to give instruction and in sound doctrine and also to rebuke those who contradict it. Yeah. Um, so that just the solidarity to the word of God is so important yeah. um, in eldership. Yeah, and so the deacon role. Um, is someone who is almost as qualified as the elder, but that's the one distinguishing mark. They're able to communicate the gospel, but they're not necessarily holding that role of, of a teacher. Mm-hmm. And um, some people disagree. They say the elder should be able to teach, but he's not necessarily like um, the one who's consistently in the pulpit. Um, and, and so there, some people make a distinction between the elder and the pastor. I don't see that in the Bible. It's not something we can argue about, but um, I see pastor and elder as the same. Um, but the big thing is, you're right, he's able to hold firm to the word and to communicate that. And John Piper says that the elder should do two things. He should provide um, good food in the kitchen and then protect it from poison, mm. and which would be false, so false teaching, right? Yeah. Well, and I think that's so important, not just for the sheep, to be able to provide that for the sheep, but to be able to provide that for himself. Yeah. Um, when, you know, ultimately there are going to be moments where... You know, he's he's going to come against opposition. He's going to maybe doubt his calling. Um, yes. And just a lot of different things. The handling of ministry, his own family. There, There's a lot that you have to deal with. <laughs> um, and so to, to know that you treat the word of God as the most important, you are feeding yourself. Mm-hmm. And you're turning to the word of God as, as the answer to all of those um, different scenarios. Yeah. Absolutely. And so, you know, right here it says he's the husband of one wife. So we would argue that the qualifications for a pastor or an elder is that it's a man. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's called complementarianism. And we could do a whole episode on that. Uh, but the idea, though, is is that he's not there's there's no sin in his life that would catch him. So the idea of being blameless, the idea of being above reproach is that no one could bribe him. Mm -hmm. So they couldn't come and say, we know that there's a secret sin in your life. There's a a skeleton in your closet. So we're going to blackmail you unless you, you know, pay us this money or whatever. So the the idea is that there, you can search my life. You can go through my search history, go through my bank account, watch me any day of the week at any hour. And there's nothing I'm hiding. There's no, you know, um, there's no reproach in my life. It doesn't mean I don't sin, but I keep a short account with God. Mm -hmm. I repent of my sin. I'm turning from it. Um, so then he lists a couple things like, um, he's not overdoing it with alcohol. He's not overdoing it with anger. He's not overdoing it with greed. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't mean that he doesn't have a drink, that he doesn't have moments where he's you know, having righteous anger right. or that he has moments where he's longing for and hoping for things. It's that he's not, he's not overdoing it. He's right. not overdoing he's not the drinking. He's not giving way to that. It's, he's not yeah. characterized by that. That's not his life. Yes. Um, yeah. On the, the norm day to day. Yes. He's self-controlled. Right. So, you know, I, I think it's good to evaluate our lives based on those marks, not just, I have a desire. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. I'm good at teaching, right? He, do, he doesn't even mention teaching until, like you mentioned, the very end of that. Mm-hmm. Um, it's important, but that's not the most important. The most important thing was character. Right. And I think these biblical qualifications, you know, which we're going to talk about um, in the next episode, comes down to also the calling. Yes. Um, because a lot of people can say, oh, you know, I, I'm qualified to teach. I'm a good teacher. I'm gifted at teaching. Mm-hmm. Or I've got a great personality, or I've got a great support system with a lot of money, right? And they think that's all that you need to start um, a church, right? Yeah. Because they're looking at it more of a business business um, model, yeah. model, right? Exactly. Instead of no, wait, am I doing this because God's called me to, or am I doing this because I'm choosing this as a career path? Right. Um, and so, and I know that we differ in that with you know just people that we've talked to in the past and stuff like that and just yeah. different um, movements that are out there. But that to me is important in distinguishing what we're going to talk about in the next episode, which is the calling. Yes. Yeah, for sure. And so if you go to first Timothy three, you'll start seeing a, a lot of similarities. But one thing that Timothy does different is in verse one of chapter three, he says, if anyone aspires to the office of overseer, he desires a noble task. Mm-hmm. So I always like to say that you should have a desire. So I'm not discounting that. I'm just mm-hmm. saying that's not the only qualification. But that's not in and of your in and of yourself. Like, well, I think I'm qualified. I think I'm good enough. So I'm going to step out and start that church. Right. Where is God in that equation? That's yeah. that's the most important thing yes. because we know like God God can and does give us the desires of our heart. So desiring to want to do that isn't bad. It's mm-hmm. you know what is our motivation behind that decision? Is that because the Lord is calling us to do that? Yeah. Um, or is it because that's what we want to do and we're going to do it no matter what? Yes. So. Well, and Timothy even, you know, very similar um, line items. But then he, he, he goes a little deeper into the family. And he says that in verse 4, he must manage his own household well with all dignity, keeping his children submissive. For if someone does not know how to manage his own household, how will he care for God's church? So. Right. We're, we're caretakers. That's We're supposed to care, mm-hmm. but we also have to have order in our home. Mm-hmm. Why is that important, to have order in our home with our children? Is that even a big deal? Well, if you have children and there's no order, you know that's a big deal. <laughs> <laughs> right, because that will shut everything down. <clears throat> yeah, no, order is a, it's a huge deal. And we know that God is a God of order. Mm-hmm. And so to have, you know... Christ represented in your home in even that manner is so important. And that, you know, also is a biblical model of, right, the husband and the wife role in the home, that the husband is the leader of the home. And so when you're a leader, you have order, and there's some somewhat of a control that you have there, not a, not a control as a, um, you know, a dominating, you know, power trip kind of control, but a control from the Holy Spirit yeah. that you're you're so submitted to the authority of God that that's coming out in your home with your relationship with your wife and your relationship with your children. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, you look at the story of Lot in Genesis and mm-hmm. he goes to tell his children, basically, his daughters and their husbands, hey, like trouble's coming on us. We, we need to evacuate the city. Uh, and they laugh. Right. right, they think he's joking. So, was his life marked by, you know, being an irreverent person and being a goofball? He had no order. He had no management over his household to, for them to take him serious. Mm-hmm. And so, I wonder, you know, not to overplay the joking thing, but um, if I were to say, "Hey, guys, this is a serious spiritual um, thing we need to do," would everyone take me seriously? Mm-hmm. And I think that's a good measure. Um, I think a lot of people 
have a an out of control home with their children. Their children don't listen to them. There's not re, you know respect mm-hmm. and discipline, but they don't recognize that. Right. So one of the things that I would encourage you to do is to ask someone who's godly, who you look up to in your life, and just ask them, hey, do I meet the qualifications? In Titus 1 and 1 Timothy 3, mm-hmm. do I have my household in order? Are my kids submitting to me? Is my Yeah, or just ask the wife. Yeah. You know. But a lot of people have don't have that self-awareness. I've seen some guys who want to be in ministry who their family is run amok. And you would ask them and they go, yeah, well, I have a great family. They would see this as like, oh, yeah, I'm good. Mm-hmm. But I think having someone else be able to pour On into the outside you looking in and say, actually, you know, that's not the definition. Your, your kids are right. now, I don't think that disqualifies you if your kids are out of the home. So if they've, if they've graduated high school and they fall into sin, I don't believe that that is a mark or a blight on you and that you need to drop out of ministry. You may need to consider like maybe your kids are teens and you know, they're way wayward. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's like, we need to pause ministry for a while right because family's first right step down family comes before ministry yeah yeah um and then the last thing that timothy does differently than titus is he says he must be well thought of by outsiders so he may not fall into disgrace into a snare of the devil um and then right before that he says he must not be a recent convert Mm -hmm. so timothy um kind of said or paul says to timothy like the other two things is he needs to have a good reputation in the world and he needs to not be a brand new believer. Right. So I think that's incredibly important. It is so important, yeah. So uh, if you are considering being in ministry, um, I would say uh, you really, if God's calling you into pastoral ministry, it shouldn't be like I've been saved a year or two. I've seen typically guys after about 10 years or so, and that's not a like a legalistic mark, but I just happen to see that's generally a rule of thumb. It's mm-hmm. about 10 years. Mm-hmm. Um, but often um, the best thing for someone to do is just to get involved at a healthy biblical church and just serve and then maybe approach the senior pastor and say, I think God may be, and we'll talk about this next episode, God may be calling me into ministry. Mm-hmm. Um, and just see what the pastor says. And if he's willing to train you, you know, prepare you, disciple you towards that, that'd be great. If he doesn't, then there's other resources out there. Mm -hmm. But um, so many guys, I was sitting on a plane with a pastor, and he said so many guys plant themselves Mm -hmm. rather than letting God plant them from a ministry that's already established. Mm -hmm. And I think, I don't know, it's so important that we don't just say, I'm called, so uh, because I'm called, then I'm qualified. We have to make sure the qualification comes first. Mm -hmm. If you're not qualified, right, God calls the qualified and he qualifies the call. Um, so if he's calling you, then you need to make sure you line up to these uh, descriptions. And then as we look at next week, what it means to be called, um, those kind of go hand in hand. Yeah. And that sending church, you know, can send you out. That can look that can look very different for everybody. But um, the, the whole point of that is that you've got their blessing, you, you've got their covering, and they recognize that biblical qualification in you yeah. to say yes I yes I, I agree with that we agree with that and you pray together and you make that decision yeah um, you know and the multitude of councils has found much wisdom right so so let's turn this on its head which we'll do every episode this season mm-hmm. all right so what about the <clears throat> wife so um, in first Timothy 3 he then talks about the deacon and he does mention the deacon's wife we don't get the pastor elder's wife mm-hmm. but the deacon's wife verse 11 must be dignified, not slanders, not uh, but sober-minded, faithful in all things. Mm. So, I mean, those are definitely a 
uh, bare minimum. She shouldn't be a gossip. Right. She should be sober-minded and faithful and dignified. But mm-hmm. what would you add to that for the pastor's wife? Qualifications for the pastor's wife? Yeah, well, I think she should definitely have, you know, a strong relationship with the Lord. Mm-hmm. And you should see... So she should be a Christian. Yeah. <laughs> um, you should be able to look into her life and say, yeah, she's a Jesus lover. He comes first. Um, that should be evident. Yeah. Um, you should see her growing, right, and the Lord also. And then just her um, humility and um, desire to serve. I yeah. think her family, her husband, and then in the local church. How is she serving the local body of Christ um, because if her husband is indeed going to be in leadership, um, you know, then those are things that she's going to be challenged with. And she will be an example to some degree within that uh, body of believers. And they're going to be looking on her, um, you know, as an example to see how she lives her life as well. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and have you, have you seen a pastor who was very gifted and his wife could potentially disqualify the two of them from being in ministry. Yes. Okay, so what does that look like typically? Yeah. Um, well, and I've, I've also seen where, um, you know, the husband's wife isn't wanting that. She's She is not really alongside of him in that um, desire to become a pastor, to become an elder. Um, yeah. So, you know, I've, I've had a so lot he's of conversations got a desire. with those, those ladies too. Like, what do I do? Right. You know? Um, so what would you say? I'm, I'm feeling called to be in ministry. Um, and my wife is not, what would you say to the wife? What have I said to the what wife? What have you said? Yeah. Cause you've um, been in those conversations for sure. I've been in many of those conversations and I've witnessed wives who also aren't having that biblical qualification as even just a deacon's wife yeah. too. So yeah, I, I have said to that pastor's wife um, that your number one role is to be his wife first mm-hmm. and a mother to your children. Yeah. Um, and so that's your <laughs> that's your call, right. right, so to speak. And so if God is calling him into ministry, um, unless there is sin or less as you have been bathing that in prayer and the Lord is making it clear to you that that's not to happen, um and you obviously you're talking to your husband about that, you know, then your your role is to come alongside of your husband and support him no matter what. So you may not be called into that specific ministry, but you can still be called to love and support your husband um, and be a godly wife and a godly mom to your kids, you know, yeah. and not to make it a burden, not to make that call harder for him, yeah. um, but to... Right, be a helpmate. I mean, that's why we were created back in Genesis. We see that, you know, we are created to be a helpmate um, to our husband. So just as if he were the CEO of a company um, or working at the local Target <laughs> or, you know, being called to be a pastor, um, your role as his wife doesn't change in that way. Your influence, your example, um, mm-hmm. and how much his, his position or calling may affect you could vary. Yeah. But... Um, you know, yeah, for sure. Just to, to walk alongside of your husband in that in a God honoring way. Yeah, no, it's critical. So we we don't want to be disqualified by you know our wives. Um, we don't want to be disqualified by our lack of you know managing our household and, and with our children. Yeah, we, and let me clarify: she wasn't not wanting him to be a pastor. 
She okay. loved that he was a pastor. Yeah. She just didn't feel that same calling to come alongside of him and, and partner with him in that ministry. Right, right. And so... And we know, talked about that. There's different types of pastor's wives. There's the... In yes, the thick of it with you. Yes, we did talk about that in the last, the last season for sure. So, yeah, I just want to clarify. Yeah. Well, I would just say, um, if you're listening to this and you're not yet in ministry and you're wondering, is God calling me into pastoral ministry? There should definitely be a hunger. You should have other people recognize that gift. Godly men who say, we see this in you. Um, you should have some opportunities to teach and, and teach as much as you can and as often as you can. Get some, you know, some reps in on the, on the teaching gift. Um, and craft that gift. There's great ministries like Expositors Collective. Uh, my friend Mike Neglia uh, helps minister to people who want to be better expositors. Um, and so I would say a couple good books, Biblical Eldership by Alexander Strach and Spiritual Leadership by Oswald, uh, J. Oswald Sanders. Those are two great resources. We'll put them a link in the show notes. But um, yeah, we want to encourage you to look at the scriptures, consider your qualification, and then if you are already in ministry, revisit those. Go back and look over those and just say, Lord, help me to be a faithful pastor in the ministry you've given me. So yeah. Stay humble and be teachable. Absolutely. Yeah, we need that word for sure. Yeah. Um, so uh, next episode, we'll talk about uh, God's calling in our life in ministry and in our marriage. So until then, <laughs> stay married. And in ministry. Peace.